You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome to The Strong Room. This is our weekly series featuring interviews with families and business owners telling their stories. Our team of estate planning professionals presenting timely legal and tax advice and valuable information on charitable giving. The Strong Room is hosted by Sherry McMillan, President of McMillan Estate Planning. On today's program... Sherry previews some of the key topics she'll be discussing at the upcoming McMillan Estate Planning Life and Legacy Seminar, Wednesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. You can register online for this complimentary event at McMillanEstate.com. This is The Strong Room. I'm Herb Ham. On this segment of the program, estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan is in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. We talk about who needs an estate plan. Obviously, people who have a high net worth should have one, really should have one. Who else? Well, a common situation that many of us face in the community that have created wealth is that we are business owners. And business owners have a very special need for estate planning because predominantly a lot of their wealth is tied up in the actual business itself, or it's tied up in the land that they've bought to support the business. And so it's very commonplace that these individuals will need to lean upon the businesses that they've built and the real estate portfolios and stock portfolios they've built for their retirement. So it's fundamental that they actually have a proper estate plan if they hope to sell those businesses in a successful manner or alternatively to succeed those businesses to the next generation. And in Canada, they suggest that it will take us approximately, Peter, 15 years to transfer our wisdom as a business owner to the next generation or the key employees in a business or 10 years to position your business properly to be sold. So when you think about that, there's no better time than now when you own a business to start to put together a proper estate plan so that the best use and value out of that business and the legacy of the business is preserved. You don't just put it, put some words down on a piece of paper, sign your name, and that's it. The, the earlier you start, the better plan you can do. And there's nothing to say that when circumstances change, you can't change the plan. But at least you've got something as a starting point. Well, that's right. And I think most of us think about estate planning. We think of some of the obvious areas. So most people will think, well, I've got to save some income tax. So they'll think about a tax plan. They'll also think about the legal side of the estate, you know, the legal work that needs to be done. But there's another piece of the puzzle that has to be considered, and it should actually be the primary driver in your estate plan. And that is this. Right now in Canada, there are 4,800 people who are 100 years old. And they're forecasting in the next 15 years alone that there will be over 50,000 people who are 100 years old. So 
a tax plan, a legal plan is really nice. I'm not suggesting otherwise. I'm an estate planner. But what's really important is that your estate is driven by the fact you may live decades and decades into the future. And are you protecting those assets through your legal plan, through your tax plan to protect your retirement time period? Things to put in an estate plan. Let me preface that by saying everybody should have a will. But a will only begins when you die. An estate plan is, as we've said earlier, a living plan. What should be in that estate plan? We start to focus, generally speaking, on the next generation right away. You know, I, I got to draft my will. I want to have a living will. And so we start to think about it from that point of view. I go back in time and say, well, if we don't protect you, who is the owner of the asset base, we haven't protected anyone. And so you can write a will if you wish to, but I don't know it will have any validity at the time of passing because what will happen to your state from this moment in time until that time occurs. So for example, one group that I can think of very specifically is our snowbird group in Canada. Many of us are blessed to have warmer properties during the winter months, and we enjoy that. But one of the risks that we face in the United States is they are litigious and they can sue us. So you might be surprised to know, but you could be sued for your state in Canada if you had a litigious situation occur in the United States. Well, what would that do to your retirement? And how valid would your will be anyway? Because if you've lost your estate during your retirement phase of life, we have no will to execute. So it's more important, truly, to make sure we're safeguarding and protecting the wealth you have created for you in a living plan and in an estate plan. And then the secondary backup is utilizing documentations like wills. Although... I do share, Peter, that generally speaking, if your estate is in the caliber of a million or more, I think you've outgrown a will and you can use better techniques in estate planning to make sure your wishes are being met and that your privacy is being served on higher net worth values. Well, and at the very least, an estate plan will have a tax plan component within it. And that's critical. That's right. And there's a lot of misconception in the community at large that if I've drawn up a will, I've somehow put together a tax plan. But I can assure you, you have not. The only thing you've done by creating a will is you've stipulated where assets will go. The CRA does not view that as a tax plan whatsoever. And so, unfortunately, many families get caught out in this area where they haven't planned properly for their estate tax inside their family business, for example, inside real estate portfolios, which have become more common in modern society. In addition, cottages, Peter, they're one that is prominent, obviously. You could live in Alberta and file your estate plan in Alberta. Your cottage properties in Invermere or Shoe Swap or something like that, there's a completely different rule book for British Columbia. That's right. So just expanding on that area for families, in Alberta, you are by law mandated that you can bequest your state in equal or disequal proportion. It's your decision. So you have full freedom here in Alberta. That's not true in BC. In BC, you must treat all children equally. Well, what if you have a child that shouldn't be entitled to some of the sweat equity in a cottage? How do you plan for that? Now, if you think that your Alberta plan has governed your BC property, you're going to be in store for a surprise, unfortunately, in your estate. So we warn families to understand each jurisdiction where their asset base resides and where their children live also has a bearing on that. One of my favorite topics under the heading of what should be in an estate plan is trust planning. I go back to Old England just because it's an easy way to describe how wealth has been transferred from one generation to the, to the next. But 
In England, we actually have what we would call the common law system of will process where you would use a will and transfer your wealth, but the kings, the queens would oversee that wealth transfer and tax it. Well, back in the 14th century, the kings and queens privately transferred their estates, and this isn't a big surprise or shocking. They used what we call a trust, and a trust is nothing more than a holding pot to hold assets as a host. But because a trust is separate of us, it doesn't do anything bad. It's not misbehaved. It doesn't get into lawsuits. It doesn't do business. It doesn't go through a divorce. And so what it does is it builds sort of a firewall or a vault around the wealth that you've created and makes sure it will transfer transfer within your bloodline from a generation to a generation, and it does conserve tax. That is true today in modern society. But in Canada, because we are new to having wealth, we haven't had a lot of practice utilizing trusts. But I can assure you Kate Middleton is part of her family's trust. So if she divorces Prince William, she will probably get some spousal benefit, but she'd never be entitled to the castles, for example. So my analogy is for every family, make sure you're protecting those assets like your family castles from one generation to the next and bloodline protect the wealth that you have and the way to do that is through trust planning. Let's talk about why families plan. One of them is tax savings. The other one is one that people might not think about until they get into the process and that's preserving family harmony and that's a big one. It's a massive one and Peter generally speaking my experience over the last couple of decades is that it's the primary driver of why people do an estate plan when we get to the heart of the matter. Certainly everybody wants to save tax. Who wants to pay extra tax that we don't need to pay? And so we do want to employ good tax techniques. But what's most important in our families is that when we do transfer wealth to our children one day, that the harmony that we currently have within the family is preserved and that the wealth stays within the bloodline. And this is a normal desire of every family I've ever worked with. And yet in society, we may not be certain of that. So I, you know, I often will have a business owner in my office saying, I adore my son-in-law and I think everything is good in their relationship. I'm pretty sure. But is it wrong? And he'll put his hand over his mouth like he's a bit embarrassed to share. Is it wrong? I only want my wealth to go to my daughter. Of course, it's not wrong. It's normal. It's human. And it's your wealth. And what if your daughter doesn't outlive your son-in-law and he marries somebody brand new? You don't want your wealth exiting your family unit. And so this is a common issue in modern society because we do marry again. We have second and third relationships. And ultimately, because of that, we want to make sure that the wealth is preserved for first myself and my spouse, but then secondarily, my children and grandchildren. And so how do we do that? Well, estate planning is the way that we can make sure and certain that the wealth stays within the family unit and that the harmony is preserved because of that. Because there's nothing that will break a family up more quickly than the money. Let's talk about U.S. estate tax issues. They say in Canada it applies to 10% of us, and that is because 10% of us are either a land baron in the United States, we have assets there, or alternatively, we may not realize it, but we may be considered an American citizen if we spend too much time in America. So we think we're Canadian and we just go there for the warm winter, but in reality, if we're exceeding 121 days per calendar year, not 183, which is what most people believe it to be, we are putting our Canadian estate potentially at risk for a U.S. estate tax. This is The Strong Room, and when we come back, 
Sherry gives us a framework for what defines a good estate plan. 